0: gentlemen may i have your attention please any regs uk all things revolution from a uk perspective this is chris from wista and you're listening to a wicked pisser british bloke named mike and this is the any uk podcast all things revolution from a uk perspective Hello everybody, my name is Mike and welcome back to the Anywherever's UK podcast, All Things Revolution from a UK perspective. As you guys may have heard at the start of the episode, I've introduced a new little feature for you guys to get involved with as well. You can send a little soundbite to me just saying something along the lines of, hi, my name is, you'll insert your name here, I'm from wherever you're from. Uh, You're listening to the Anywherever's UK podcast, All Things Revolution from a UK perspective. Now, I'm not too sure who I used in today's episode, but thank you to whoever it was. And uh, yeah, I've I've got three or four so far. So um, what I'm hoping to do is obviously just build up a nice little library of sound bites from people within the revolution community or the team itself. And uh, yeah, just have a little nice little snippet before um, each and every podcast. So if you do want to get involved, so just contact me over on Twitter. It's at NEREVS UK. I have got an Instagram as well, but I hardly ever use it. But I might start using it, who knows? So, uh, yeah, I'm over there as well. And uh, I, I do have a YouTube channel as well, which I'm not too sure um, how many of you know. Uh, it is just uh, little snippets and little funny things I edited together about the revolution. But if you are interested, just search up any Revs UK on there. So I want to start off today's episode as I do like most things, just by thanking a few people. First of all, you thank you to uh, the Revolution community and anyone who is actually listening to this podcast as well. As I've mentioned on numerous occasions, I do feel very, very welcomed, and I just want to thank you guys for the continued support that you've been giving me along the way on this journey of a Brit supporting a team that's far too <laughs> far away from me. Probably not the furthest team away from me, uh, but it's it's definitely kind of up there. But, uh, yeah, a team that I've uh, just grown so fond of over the past kind of, uh, what is it now, five or six seasons? I think we're going to the sixth season of uh, me supporting the uh, revolution. Uh, And then secondly, obviously, the sponsors for this year's podcast as well, uh, the MLS UK show. um, Just a massive thank you to them for putting the faith in this. Obviously, they've got their own kind of podcast. Uh, much more professional than this one. Uh, it's uh, hosted by uh, Henry Hewitt and Elliot Holdman. Uh, if you do want to go and follow them, obviously they they kind of cover the MLS as a whole, uh, very unbiased. They do support their own teams respectively, <coughs> Orlando and Atlantic, uh, Atlanta. Sorry, but um, Atlantic. No, Atlantic. No, it's not an Atlantic team. Yes, uh, it's uh, Orlando and Atlanta. Um, but it's it's very unbiased. You know, they kind of cover all teams. And it's kind of like an overall review of what's going on in the MLS rather than just pinpointing down into one niche market. Uh, so if you do wish to go and follow those and uh, listen to their podcast, uh, their socials are at MLS UK Show. I think they've got uh, over on Twitter and def- uh, definitely on Twitter. And I think it's theirs on Instagram as well. Obviously they've got their own website where they they post their podcast, it's just mls.show and they've now just started their YouTube channel as well, so just be sure to go over and search up MLS UK Show over on YouTube and uh, you can actually watch their lovely faces as they are talking in their podcast. Uh, So yeah, it's quite interesting because it leaves it a little bit more like mine, it's still very much more professional, um, but uh, there's a few little bloopers and stuff in there as well, so... They can't sit there and and edit out little mistakes like they could normally. So, yeah, I think that's going to be fun throughout the season. Um, So that kind of bit is out of the way. I just want to let you guys point in the direction as well uh, of my Patreon. Uh, Don't feel like you have to. This will always be free. Um, I have got a Patreon. It's just a way of you showing a little bit more support if you can afford to do so. Uh, You've only got the one tier so far, although I have got an idea for a second tier now. Uh, which we'll be coming on to very shortly, um, but it's uh, yeah just a way of kind of giving back to say thank you to me and obviously just help support any hosting costs I have got for the podcast. So if you do wish to contribute at all, uh, then just go over to Patreon, uh, search up MLS uh, not MLS, <laughs> you can search up them. They probably have got a Patreon as well. Uh, search up any Revs UK, and uh, yeah, you'll find me on there. And uh, but please only do so if you can afford to do so, and you at the moment you don't gain anything extra from doing so. But that being said, what I'm thinking of doing is introducing a second tier now because I've got a new feature which I want to introduce. Uh, I'm not, I haven't got the fine details so far but basically the idea is is I want you guys to get involved a little bit more. Now I've got a few questions that I'm, I'm going to answer in today's episode which you're more than happy to keep contributing over on social media so at any, uh, any revs UK over on Twitter. Just drop me any questions um, at any time. Just use the hashtag at... Uh, sorry. Uh, use the hashtag AnyRevsUK and just so it's a little bit easier for me to find them um but what i'm thinking of doing is actually maybe opening up a Dropbox for you guys to submit your sound bites to as well now these don't have to just be questions they can be questions uh, but what i'm also thinking of doing is just kind of having around a little section submit uh, submitted to from you guys in in the podcast um i'm not too sure where i'll place it at the moment and that'll probably just be fine-tuned throughout the season but I'm thinking about you guys can submit soundbites of other questions, as mentioned, or what you could do is just submit a soundbite of kind of a thought or just some kind of some news or your reaction on some news or just your opinion on something that is going on within the New England Revolution. So it could be formation. Are you happy about the formation? You could just give a real brief kind of review of the game, uh, predictions on scorelines, anything like that, really. Uh, you know, your thoughts and your opinions on a particular sign-in, um, anything kind of, you know, that's revolution-based. Kind of keep it kind of, you know, you know maybe no more than three minutes, five minutes tops, I'd probably say. And then obviously what I'll do is I'll plunk that into the uh, podcast at one point. And then obviously I'll give my uh, reaction to your soundbite as well. And then that kind of leads me on to maybe producing a second tier in the Patreon where you will basically be guaranteed that I will... Um, feature your bites. Obviously to begin with you've probably got a chance of being included because I'm probably thinking I probably won't get very many uh, but throughout the season maybe as we grow a little bit more and more people want to get involved um, you know I might be getting 12 or 13 bites per episode and obviously that's going to be really hard for me to squeeze every single one in. So one thing I'm doing is just doing a slight increase on the tier 1 and doing the second tier and just adding that in that basically if you submit a sound bite, and um, then it's guaranteed to feature in the podcast as well uh but i haven't 100% sold on that one at the moment because i'm not too sure how i feel about giving people extra perks on things for paying for them uh but i'm not, I'm not really too sure um but uh, yeah i just think that'd be a nice little way of kind of Involving you guys a little bit more, um, because obviously you know it's more than I'm more than happy for you guys to just to submit questions via social media, which I'll be more than happy to to answer. But I just thought of a way of trying to get you guys, you know, uh, hearing your voice on the podcast might be cool for some people. They might want to get involved. Uh, you might just want to give an opinion, which is more than you know, hundred and. 40 characters or was it two hundred and fifty? Now I can't even remember. Over on the social media, on Twitter. So uh, yeah, I just think um, so. Just uh, make sure you follow me over on Twitter at UK And once I've kind of finalised all the details, what I'll do is I'll uh, let you know the link. But I'll say I think it's probably going to be a Dropbox. Which I do on there, and then you can submit your sound files there. You can either submit your sound files for the soundbite of the uh, intro bit, or you can just submit a soundbite of you just blabbing on about the revolution as well. And I'll be sure to kind of give my reaction and take on whatever you said, or if it's a question, I'll be sure to answer it if I can. Talking of questions, we have got a few. So I'm um, apologise I apologize i did not do one last week. I just didn't really feel like there's much news to kind of me to squeeze out a you know thirty to forty minute podcast. I'm not going to be you know. Honest, I'm not too sure we're going to get to that point again today, but I am going to try my hardest. I don't want it to be too short. So I've got a few questions that um, people have submitted and uh, they want me to answer. And uh, yeah, as I said, there's just not that much news coming out of the revolution camp at the moment. Um, obviously, last episode there wasn't much, uh, so I talked about my thoughts and opinions and thoughts and opinions on the uh, American league system as well as the U.S. men's national team. Um, uh, But I kind of do want to really try and keep this more focused just on Revolution news, if we can. Uh, Obviously, I will be covering the Revolution 2 team as well throughout the season. So there will be kind of times when uh, maybe the Revolution haven't played, but I still might put a podcast up because the Revolution 2 team has played. Uh, So I'm going to try and focus much more around them and give them as much coverage uh, as possible. Um, So, yes, a few questions from you guys. So we'll get into that now. UK. All things revolution from a UK perspective. So the first question comes from Mike Kennedy. Now, I do apologize, Mike. This was actually submitted quite a while ago. He says, uh, where do the revs need to strengthen? Now, this kind of ties in with a another question, which I've got, I suppose, loosely. Um, obviously, with the announcement of Samba obviously having his visa denied. Now, his talks around the camp, obviously, that we're not going to be bringing anyone in to replace him which obviously has led to speculation that we think that Kessler might be the option as the kind of backup defender. Um, Which, you know, I'm more than happy with that being the case because, you know, I do think that just from the highlight reel, obviously, that we've seen on him because I've not got really much information on him. But he does look like, you know, a good defender. And he looks like he could hopefully be, um, you know, one definitely for the future. But to call him into the Revolution team this season... Um, you know, which is going to be a big season for us. I'm not too sure how I kind of really feel about that. Obviously, you know, it has worked out for Brandon by He was kind of thrown in a lot, and I suppose Duane Jones as well, thrown in their rookie seasons and giving ample minutes on the pitch. Um, the the main issue for me is I'm, I'm more than happy for Kessler to be there and obviously get minutes this season. I really want to see kind of what he's about and what he can offer to the team. The the kind of I suppose the biggest Thing that I'm worried about really the revolution is not the fact that Kess is going to be the option on the bench, as I said, it's more the first team depth that I want. I'd kind of, you know, I'd, I'd be looking at Delamayor, Andrew Farrell, I reckon, is obviously going to be in there as well. And then you've got Michael Mancien, and you know, Mancien's had a troubled season, troubled start to his, his, his uh, MLS career really and obviously he struggles to stay fit really so throughout the season how many times is it going to be the fact that you know Kessa is going to have to be called upon and uh, only really having realistically three defenders three experienced defenders for centre-back just I think really limited as if one gets injured or suspended you know if two then you know God forbid if two of them get you know one gets suspended one gets injured it's, it's, you know, the likes of Nick Wood, uh, Woodruff as well would then got possibly get an opportunity to come up to the to the first team. But I just think we're very thin at the back, really. I mean, um, there's no saying that maybe Brandon By could slot in there as well, if need be. But then again, where where do we go then at right back? You know, we've got ample left backs, but could either of our left backs play as a centre-back? It just, I think it leaves a little bit too much. I mean, you know, zahibo probably could play there. Uh, you know, Caseda I I believe, I've pretty certain at some point throughout the season last year or the season before, uh, Luis Caseda had played at centre-back as well. But it's it's not good enough. We shouldn't be having to fill the slot, potentially, if anything does happen like that, with somebody who's not a natural player at that position. And I'm all for having utility players. But for when, you know, a season with such hype behind it and such good feeling going into the start of the season, that one thing for me is still something that is it is really worrying because as i said it is it's not likely to happen but what what does happen if the unthinkable does happen we get suspension and an injury or two long term injuries it's it's going to be tough for the revolution to you know there's a lot of really good attacking lines this this season when you look at other people's rosters and what they've been building obviously as is one of them i'm very excited about our our front our front line this season more than i have been uh, in a while realistically I mean, you know, there was times when we had, you know, a, a, a Callum Rowe who was just starting to really hit some form, Lee Winter, Dungas, and Agadello, and you know that that front line is 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 one that you know would would scare a lot of teams. And now we've kind of, I think we've gone above that really good start of bow, Harris uh, Hill, uh, Adam Buska, It's 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 starting to really take shape. Uh, now, for me, as I said, I think the place where we still need to something is defensively. I think midfield-wise, again, it's not kind of where I would have hoped to have been. But I think, you know, Luis Casado is, is our strongest midfielder, in my opinion. It depends what Callum Rowe would get. Hopefully, we'll get the Callum Rowe of old days where, you know, he was starting to kind of look like the US men's national player. If we can bring that form back from him, then I think we could have something really, really good there. Um, but if we get the Callum Rowe of the Brad Friedleira, then it's it's going to be tough. Uh, Zahibo again too inconsistent for me. Um, last season he, he again he just he showed signs of being a really really good quality player, and other times I just don't know what happens. He almost like switches off and uh, kind of the game passes by sometimes for him. So still undecided on on him. Scotty Caldwell. I mean I love Scotty as a person as a as a soccer player though. I mean, you know, he does, he adds really good um, work rate, and, you know, he bleeds for the for the club and loves the shirt, which I love to see in the pitch. I wouldn't say he's the most talented player, obviously, in the 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 league, let alone the, them, uh, you know, the revolution team. But I do think he does add um, some great passion and determination on the pitch as well, which I do like to see, especially if we're kind of in a bit of a, you know, a battle on a pitch, it's maybe not the prettiest game of football. To have someone like Scott who bought onto the pitch at some front game, you know, maybe in the second half, just to kind of grind out the result or, or see us through, I do think, you know, he's he's that kind of type of player. Some people say that, you know, he, he passes sideways a lot, which he he, you know, he does do. It kind of it is seen. But at the same time, if we if we've got ball retention and we're not losing the ball in dangerous positions, then, you know, and we're grinding out a one-nil result or whatever it may be. Then that's kind of what you want from a player sometimes. So I think his, his his actual footballing IQ is is very, very good. Um as I said, he's not the most flashiest player on the, the pitch, but that's not what you always need. Paul Scholes was never the most flashy player on the pitch, but what he contributed to Manchester United. And I'm not saying that Scott Caldwell is on a par with Paul Scholes, but you know, that's kind of where my head is at with with um with Scott Caldwell. Um, but say midfielder I'm kind of am happy with I kind of would have liked one you know real standout midfielder um to kind of come in but it's the defense that worries me the most so if I had to pick a position it'd be center back still because especially with Samba you know not now not getting his visa it's he's uh, a little bit worrying which kind of leads me on to a um, the next question which comes from at. Rev's Jeep, um, he asked why did Samba get his visa rejected, now I have had a look into this one um, and I think he, he served time in prison in 2015 I'm not 100% sure what the reasoning behind it was um, but that's the only thing that I can see why he would get his visa rejected because um, there's nothing else that I can see in his past unless there's something that's not documented but that is the only reason Um that I can think of. Now, like there's part of me that's saying obviously I think that the, the defence needs strengthening. And there's part of me that thinks that even with the addition of Samba, I, I mean, I, I'm not I wasn't sold on this thing because I hadn't really seen him much. I mean, you can only really ask stats and YouTube highlight reels, and obviously YouTube highlight reels can make anyone look good. I'm sure if somebody did a YouTube highlight reel of okay, maybe not me, um, but you know, I suppose anyone can have these little short clips of, of, of looking Good uh, against certain teams and and so on and so forth, but it was um, yeah I wasn't one hundred percent sold. Obviously, it'd been great to have him there, and I'm sure he would have done a really really good job for us. And uh, I kind of was excited the fact that we've now got a little bit more depth, so he's relying on the four, which just gives you that little bit more. He's an experienced defender, played at a decent level as well, and as they did look quite dominant in the air, and you know maybe it was something that we was lacking. Um, but for for me, it's still just. I don't know. Andrew Farrell has, you know, really shone last season. I think he was, you know, by far our best defender. Um, and uh, you know, Delamayor. I'm kind of happy with those two being our starting centre back partnership this season. Um, but it's just then that what happens if anything happens? Then Michael Manson could still be injured. You know, he's not going to probably last the whole season without picking up an injury. Kester is unproven at the moment. We're not too sure what he can bring to the squad obviously we'll know more during pre-season which i'm hopefully he will be featuring throughout the uh the pre-season for revolution so we can actually see what he's all about but yeah i would have just liked somebody else to uh, i've kind of experienced you know maybe not you know i'm not talking about a 34 year old or whatever you know just somebody kind of of samba's stature and age maybe that that just gave me a little bit more faith in the worst case scenario, I suppose, because I think Farrell and Delemaier, although to fair, I would say they probably are quite similar players in some aspects, um, that I'm fairly confident they will, you know, that is a solid centre-back partnership. I wouldn't say, obviously, it's the best in the league by, you know, any stretch of imagination, but I I am happy going into the season with them too as the centre-back partnership. Um, it's just that I would have liked one more solid piece in that defensive line to... Uh, just give me a little bit more hope and, and faith throughout the whole season. Um, it does look we look do look a little thin on that that part of the roster. And um, we then have another um question from uh, Patrick Delaney. Uh, he asked uh, expectations for the season. Who is getting the most first team minutes for the kids, and who is to watch for the Revs too? Which kind of also ties into um, another question I had from Lucas as well. Uh, he asked. Uh, um, that uh, which homegrown player between Riviera, Renix, and from uh, and Firmino, sorry, will get the most game time this season. And also talk about my possible starting eleven. So I'll kind of combine this all as one answer. Uh, so for me, for expectations for this season, I'm just going to put it out there straight from the off. I think we'll make playoffs. That's all I'm giving at the moment, because until preseason starts and I can't start seeing, you know, what Butzku is like and, you know, other players are linking well and, what formation we're playing, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm not really going to go out on a limb so far. I still think that even just off what we've done and what other teams have done this season, I think we'll make playoffs. I think this time it will be a lot more comfortable than it was last season. But I'm not really going to go out on a limb too much too far. I will do it in uh, a few episodes time when we've actually seen the revolution play. I'll give my predictions before the first game of the season, basically, just to uh, go out and, and, and put my uh, you know my prediction out there for all of you to laugh at at the end of the season. Um, in terms of homegrown players, who do I think out of uh, Riviera, Renix, Aiken, and Firmino will get the most game time this season? I think it, originally I would have said Justin Renix because I think he's the one who kind of got a little bit of game time last season. He looks like a good player. He went out on loan. Um, I think you know he does look like he could be a really, really good player. With the introduction now of, of the see we've got Teal Bunbury can play, Gustavo Bow can play up top if we need be. I'm not too sure how much game time he, unfortunately, is going to get for the Revolution this season. Um, So, out of the four you mentioned, if you would have asked me before the signing of Adam, then I would have probably said Justin Renix. Now I'm probably going to say, hopefully, that we get to see uh, Ankin play this season because. Every time I've seen him play for the Re- in a Revolution shirt, I have been very, very impressed with him. Obviously, I know he has had a few injuries. One of them was a freak injury, I believe, to be involved with a toothpick. I'm not too sure if that was just a fake report, but I, I can't remember. I swear I read he injured himself on a, a toothpick, I'm not, but I don't know. That could be me just making stuff up. Um, but yeah, every time I've seen him in a Revolution shirt, I have been very impressed with him. So... At the moment, I'm going to go with Isaac Ankin. I think he will get the most minutes out of the four players mentioned. And we've then got, uh, obviously, Sir so Patrick's asked me with expectations, of I've kind of covered, who's getting the most first two minutes from the kids, which I've kind of just talked about. And then he's asked me then who to watch out for the Revs 2 team. Now, I am going to be perfectly and blatantly and really honest with you guys here. The Revolution 2, as much as I have, you know, kept up with who's been signed for the Revolution 2 team, I'm not going to lie, I don't really know much about any of the players. Now, I have watched a few highlight reels of a few of the players, especially Nicholas Woodruff, um, but other than that, I I don't really have much to go on. Um, I don't follow USL soccer that much. We don't actually know a lot of the players have come from. I don't really watch a lot of the college football as well. So I am just going to pick Nicholas Woodruff out of that because he's the only one I really know about. What I'm going to do though is I'm going to make a promise to you guys that obviously as I said throughout the season I'm going to watch them as much as I can and I will give you my honest take on who I think actually could potentially be drafted into the first team as well. Um, So that pretty much goes for all the questions from you guys. As we are talking about the Revolution 2, we finished obviously on the Revolution uh, 2 note there. We have signed another player as well for the Revolution team. Now as I mentioned, a lot of these players... I'm not going to lie, I don't know a lot about, As I say, I've not really followed the the system underneath the, the MLS. I have just followed the revolution for uh, for a good few seasons now. Uh, but we have signed Ti- Tiago Mendonca. i Mendoka, not really sure. My pronunciations of names normally are 100% correct. Um, so it's either of those two. Um, take your pick. Um, so welcome, Tiago. As I said, don't really know much about him. I could just read, obviously, what the Revolution posted out, but that would just be cheating. Um, I've not really done much research, and t- to be fair, as I said, I am going to make a promise, as I've just said to you guys, that before the start of the season, I'll know all of the Revolution 2 roster. I'll know their backgrounds and everything. So throughout the season, I'll, have to, I'll do a little bit more analysis. Um, obviously very, very excited uh, for the Revolution 2 team and uh, to see what they can showcase. Uh, I'd obviously seen a recent interview with Bruce when he was asked about the um, you know if any Revolution two team players will be coming, uh, you know joining pre-season for the Revs, and he was very uh, blatant and blunt with his answer, and he was no, he's, you know we've got a roster of they are they are being treated as two different teams. I do think you might see a little bit of movement between the two throughout the season when potential. First team players need minutes coming back from injuries and so on and so forth. But I don't think, I do think he wants to treat them as two teams with using the Revolution 2 as a stepping stone team to the first team. Um, that's as I see it. He's obviously been very open and saying that, you know, this now stops any loan players going up because we, there's no real need to loan any players out because we could just give them to our ULS team. And uh, yeah, very, very, very excited. So everything we've done this season so far, all signings. The, you know, the training facility, the Revs2 team announcement was the thing I actually was most pleased with out of everything. Um, in other news as well, Christian Panea has finally joined up with the Revolution camp as well. Came back a little bit late. Um, he's looking very, very uh, yeah sharp fit. Looks a lot thinner, if I'm allowed to say that, as well than he did at the end of last season. So he looks like he's been doing a lot of work away from the team as well. Looks like he's had a real good time away and come back very strong. I think he's been doing his own thing, but yeah, I'm not one hundred percent sure what the reasoning was behind uh, from returning late. But he's back, and obviously, I'm glad to see the fact that he is there as well now. And uh, hopefully, he can hit the form that he hit at the uh, in his first season of the Revolution, where he kind of really sparked a fire within Revolution's fans, and kind of almost become a fan favorite. Uh, last season, you know, very hit and miss, but uh, hopefully, he can get back to the old ways. Uh, other things of note as well that we've come away out of the revolution camp was the numbers was announced for this year's season. Uh, there was two players which had their numbers uh, changed. Uh, Michael Mantian now will wear 13. Uh, Taoiseach uh, Buchanan will wear 17 because Callum Rowe has come back in and he wanted his 11 number back. Um, so, you know, very thankful to Buchanan for, for giving Callum that. Uh, Adam Butskat will wear nine. Alexander Butner wears the 28, which he's worn pretty much throughout his whole career, so he's very pleased with that. Jeff Caldwell picks up the 25 shirt. Henry Kessler now picks up the four shirt. Now, do we read in, anything into that at all? I'm not too sure because we've, you know, we've we've seen players before being given shirt numbers which don't really represent. I mean, obviously, Kellen had 11, uh, which you know would normally represent that you would potentially be in the starting 11, but it's not always the way. Uh, so read into that as you will uh, Damian Riviera uh, picked up uh, tw- uh, 72 obviously Callum Rowe picked up 11 and Seth Sinovich uh, picked up number 16 as well so that's a question to you guys if you are buying a revolution shirt this season which we'll talk about that in a moment who would you like to get on the back of your shirt do you leave it plain do you get a player's name do you put your own name on the back of your revolution shirt let me know over on social media as i said just always make sure you use the hashtag uh any uk and it's just an easier way for me to find anything you want me to answer or, or any kind of questions or thoughts you have uh, for me to include into the podcast talking of kits the revolution two no not revolution two The Revolution main kit, uh, new home kit for the 2020 season, was leaked the other day. And we've seen little snippets come out as well, posted over on social media of the Revolution players actually wearing the kit as well. So it does look like the leak will uh, be the kit that we are getting for this season. Now, my thoughts on the kit. I was, I don't know, I was a little bit shocked when I first seen it. The first initial look at it, I was a bit like, hmm not sure it has grown on I me mean, more and more and then we'll kind of zoom in and look around the actual kit i'm liking it the one thing which i did mention over on twitter was that i liked a red stripe or maybe two red stripes and a white one in the middle on the sleeve of the arm um or just said two white strips and a red one in the middle but i think you have to from what i've seen of all the other kits i think everyone's got three exactly the same color stripes so I'm not too sure if that was a stipulation that had to be kept or or what, but yeah, I would have liked more red because the only red thing we've really got on the actual shirt itself is the corporate logo and that lovely corporate logo we've got <laughs> on the kit. Um, but yeah, the, the, the white kind of paint stripe I like, but I like kind of that paint stripe thing effect anyway. I've used it on multiple different bits of artwork I've used, so I can kind of get why some people don't like it because it does look like somebody's just dragged a paintbrush across the front of the shirt. But yeah, it, it has grown to me the more and more I've looked at it. As I said, I'd like a little bit more red to feature on it. But having said that, it does look like we have got red shorts. Um not too sure what the socks are just yet, but yeah it does look like we are going to have red shorts. But saying that though in the pictures I've seen of the shorts, is it me? Or do they look a little bit more orange than red? It doesn't look like the revolution red that I'm used to seeing um before. So, and you know, the one that features in the badge, and yeah, they look. I don't know if it's just the saturation of the pictures that we were taken on, or what they do have a kind of orange tint. It, it probably could just be me, to be fair, but um, yeah, I'm hoping they are red. I don't want them to be orange because why would they be orange? Or if and I'm, I'm kind of just hoping that it's me seeing them in the wrong light, or, or just the bad picture quality. It's a fair the pictures I have seen aren't the best picture quality, so. Um, yeah I'm not sure thoughts on that one as well guys as I said make sure you use the hashtag UK. the what else have we got as well oh we've got the, um, the seasons members event which happened the other day as well which I think is an amazing event um, obviously I would absolutely love to be able to get out there and attend one of them at one point throughout my life uh, who knows though but yeah it looked like it was a really good day for fans obviously get to talk to Teal Bunbury uh, Coach Arena and Brian Bellow as well um and yeah, it was just looked like such a nice time, and you know a lot of questions were really being fired at them, a lot of answers, a lot of questions. Not really avoided, I suppose. I think it's probably the first time I've seen one where I felt that people were very happy coming away from it. That a lot of questions were answered. Obviously, there's talk about the uh, soccer specific stadium, and I do feel that I know we've been given mouth. You know, we've been given mouth. That does that didn't even make sense. Why the hell did I say we've been given mouth? Um, we've been obviously told about stadiums for years and years and years now, um, but I don't know what it is. I don't know since Bruce's come on board that everything that they've kind of have said they have delivered so far. So having saying that, they are look seriously looking into the stadium, and you know. I don't know. It just it, I just feel like they actually are now. The crafts do seem to be taking this serious. They're investing money into the club, and I know I understand that it is a hard decision. It's not because the the it, it's not a hard decision to obviously have one. They want one. It's where do you put it? There's a lot of factors. that have got to you know take into fact that the revolution fan base, you know, is quite widely spread. We are, we are six state uh, six states um of of fans probably and one guy from the uk well two or three guys from the uk actually sorry um welcome paul ponderous if you are listening uh so yeah it's 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 hard to to where to put it because do you put it in boston because that's where that's big it's it's got a lot of you know infrastructure already there, but then you've got to think about the commuter people who are coming away from from uh, Massachusetts. How easy is it to get to the stadium? Um, especially if people are driving. You know, is there ample public transport? There's a lo- there's a lot to think about. Um, the site itself has to be big enough to kind of withhold what we want in terms of parking lots, obviously on site. Um, and and when you know stands and. Shop club shops all that kind of there's a lot to kind of take in basically Um, and at the same time obviously I think a lot of us want one I also don't want us to rush it and then have one and it just be in the wrong place no one attends and it's actually worse than us just playing at Gillette Stadium Um, but yeah I just feel that since Bruce has come on board that as I say pretty much everything that's been said or promised so far they have delivered on so i am kind of leaning more towards the size of this is going to happen i I still think we're probably two or three years away from anything you know breaking ground or anything like that but who who knows i don't know what your guys opinions are on that one but i have i don't want to put too much faith into it because we've been hurt before um but yeah i've just got a little bit more faith behind the 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 fact they are talking about it now than i have ever previously as well um so yeah i kind of got to talk about the predictions for the starting 11 Um, which again i don't really want to talk about too much really at the moment because um you've not really seen how players have come back from pre you know from the off season uh obviously matt turner's currently out with the us men's national team um obviously good luck to him if he hopefully will get used at some point but if not it's obviously great experience for him such a young keeper with such a huge potential uh, to be with the men's national team at the moment um, but yeah, it's it's quite hard to judge. I do think, obviously, you know, we've we'll probably play the same formation we played the majority of the season. Um, I think we'll play with a four-two-three-one formation. If I had to go now um, on basically nothing, I'd say everyone comes back fully fit and we're going to go from pre-season uh, starting eleven um, from. Uh, from back to front, would be Matt Turner in goal. From left to right, we'd have Alexander Butner at left back, uh, centre back partnership of Andrew Farrell and Della Meyer, uh, right back Brandon Bay. In front of him, we'd then have Callum Rowe and Luis Casado. Front three in front of that, we'd have Gustavo Bow on the left, Carlos Hill in the middle, and Diego Fundunges out on the right, and Adam Busca uh, up top. Now, what is that based on? absolutely nothing <laughs> i'm not basing that on any information at all a different thing if that is our front three Diego needs a huge season this season to keep his spot because um you know at the end of the day there's arguments there that christian pinner probably should be in there maybe put gustavo bow out on the right uh, whatever you play i do think that the, the three behind the striker will just interchange i think it'll be a fluid system the fact that all three can kind of play left and right. You know, Penier can do both. Diego can do both. I think we've got a lot of interchangeability um, on that line. Maybe Teal will start on the right, you know, instead of Diego. The reason why I I just uh, have picked Diego there at the moment is because I think this is it for him. I, I really honestly think this is his last season. He's got to start now producing the potential he's got there. We all know it's there, but he's got to deliver at some point. He can't keep having these ones where he comes in two or three games, has good time, you know. Starts showcasing what he can do and then drops off for only a few games. You know, the reason why Coach Arena wasn't picking him last season was because he obviously wasn't seeing stuff he liked on the training pitch as much. I think Coach Arena is the right guy to get the the best out of him. So I just hope that this season is his season where he starts to shine. So hopefully, if we see him in the starting eleven, it means he's done really well in pre-season and in training to impress, impress Arena. Um, if not, I do think it will probably have a three of it'll either be Paneer Bow and uh, Colosseal or it'll be uh, Bow, Heel, and Teal Bunbury. But if you've got your predictions on your starting eleven so far, please be sure to submit them over to me over on Twitter. It's at UK. And there, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think most people will pick very similar teams at the moment until, as I say, we see. The left-back slot for me is the one that's the hardest. I think for me at the moment, the only thing I'm not sold on 100% is the left-back slot, and then who's going to play in the front three behind the striker? Who is that, that third player? I think it's Bo, Coliseal... But then I'm not too sure who that other player is at the moment. It's probably quite tight between Panea, Bunbury and um, Diego van Uh And then I suppose other people might argue about the Callum Rowe, Hebo head of Callum Rowe. But again, at the moment, it's just my prediction based on absolutely nothing. But for me, that left back position and the other uh, player in the front three behind the striker, that's the ones I'm not 100% sold on. So it would be interesting to know what your thoughts are on that as well. Other than that guys, I've not actually wrote anything else down. Um, I've not really seen much else come out of the camp, um, and so the kit hasn't officially been announced yet. So, that one, I mean, it's not been officially announced, but I've seen we've seen pictures of Brandon Bayer and Till wearing it, so, it's, you know, unless they're, no, I was going to say, unless they're leaving us on a wild goose chase as well, but why would they? Why would the players be wearing the leaked kit? And Where, where would they have got that leaked kit from? So, I think we can all be safe. Say that that is the official kit. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it's just been quite a, quite a dry. I, th- I think it's because we got so much. Done so early, that it's it, there's not really a lot else else for us to do now. It is just pretty much as waiting to for season to start, and um, yeah. I just can't. I just really honestly cannot wait. To uh, to kind of get going now. Really, I'm just, uh, just can't wait to see what the revolution can do this season. I'm so so, hyped for it. I just, I, have just got a really good feeling. Oh, and it is one year today, um, that we did sign that magician uh, Carlos seal as well. So he's been at the revolution now for a whole, one year. And um, what a signing that was, by the way. What an absolute signing. I was a bit dubious at first because I, was, I seen him play a lot for Villa, because Villa is probably, closest big club to me, even though I support Leeds. And it's a club that I have followed very, very closely. Uh, and I was a season to get hold of there for about six seasons, I think it was, when I was much younger. Um, and switched my allegiance to Leeds United. Um, there's a story behind that, but uh, maybe we'll talk about it another day. But, yeah, it's uh, so I've seen him a lot, uh, uh, obviously, during his time at Villa. And then I, even then, I was like, you can see that he's a very good player. But he was he struggled with the the physicality of the, of the game sometimes. And he did kind of go missing for big periods of the game. So I was a little bit dubious, but I knew that he had a lot of talent in him. And he just took the MLS by storm. And um, yeah, I'm just really, really pleased that uh, he had such a, a good season last season. And I'm hoping for, for big things out of him in, in 2020. Uh, but yeah, other than that, um, they say there's not really much else to talk about. There's been a lot of news, well not news, a lot of talk about the changing of the Revolution badge because they did mention that they have had a team working on different designs for the badge although they're not too sure if they do want to change it. I'm not really too fussed, I like, I'm like. i not really bothered about the badge at the moment, I like it. It's very American, it's, a, it's original, the name, New England Revolution, is very original as well. Um, I would just like to keep both if I'm being perfectly happy. However, if we were to change it, I would like to see what the options were out there. But I don't really feel like we need to change it. I do think that should just be our identity. And we just run with it. We've just spent a lot of money, obviously, on a new training facility where I imagine, obviously, they're all graphics um, and stuff and stuff that probably can be replaced. But, yeah, I don't really feel the need for it. I mean, what's it going to what's it gonna do for us, realistically? You know, do t- do people not support us because of our badge? And because we're called the New Revolution, I don't think that's a reason not to support us. Um but yeah, it's uh it's it's been talked about for a while. Um as I say I'm not really too I, I'm happy to keep it as it is. I, I quite like it. So it's uh it's a conversation that can be had, but as as I said, until we kind of start seeing mock-ups and what kind of things they must have got a few drafts already in We've got, a few, I know, a lot of people probably working on it, but uh, I probably wouldn't waste too much time at the moment because I think the majority of fans are just content with what we've got. I, you know, I don't really think there's any, any need to change it. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think we're done, guys. Um, we're going to wrap up today's episode. Hopefully, you have enjoyed it. As I said, I just want to try and make sure that kind of, you know, at least half an hour long. Forty minutes is the kind of time I look to kind of get the episode too um so hopefully you have enjoyed this one guys as i said thank you to uh, support from you guys the mls uk show uh, and my patrons as well i'm three patreon strong Uh, you guys are absolute legends so thank you to contributing to the podcast and as i said please only do it if you can afford to um do it It's, it's it's just a way of you showing support um you you don't have to this will always and will forever be free Um, But, yeah, that's it, guys. So, as I said, I hope you've enjoyed it, and uh, I will catch you all next time for the next one. I love Bruce.